cut it there. Cut, cut, cut! And cut. Cut! 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 Terrific! Cut! And cut! Cut! Let's try it again. Cut! And cut! 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 Check the gate. Cut! Cut! Welcome to Cut, just into the movie podcast. I'm Manny. I'm Angie. And we're two siblings that love movies. Here we are again with another Beyond Fest review. Now, if you've been listening to our podcast for the last three weeks, month, we've been going to these uh, Beyond Fest screenings where they've been showing movies that are about to be released. And uh, for this podcast, we're doing their last in their series of, would you say, horror-esque, like bloody-esque, yeah, grotesque-esque. I would, like grotesqueness. This one was a lot of fun because it has to do with killing the arch nemesis known as Nazis. And the movie is called Sisu, which is coming out as we record this tonight. They had screenings today, but the 28th tomorrow. This is our review of uh, Sisu. But before we get to our official review, we need to plug our last podcast, which we did this really great review on Evil Dead Rise, which if you haven't seen, we highly recommend that you guys go check it out. And then once you see the film, come and uh, listen to our podcast. We do a video uh, podcast on YouTube. If you search Cut Movie Pod, you should be able to find us. Audio-wise, we're streaming everywhere you listen to podcasts. And on social media front, uh, we're on at Cut Movie Pod. You should be able to find us through Instagram and Twitter where we show video clips and highlights of our podcast, also what we're up to in future podcasts, as well as on TikTok where uh, Angie posts our video highlights. You should be able to find it if you search at Cup Movie Pod. Having said all that, let's go ahead and get into our uh, Sisu review. Now, Angie brought this movie up to me because she went to go see John Wick, right? And that's where you saw the trailer? We saw it before John Wick 4, and... That one stood out to me because I had never seen it before. All the other trailers we saw were all movies I had previously seen trailers for. And this one just kind of came out of nowhere for me because, like I said, I had never seen it before. It was a Finnish movie. There's like some English in the trailer, but you kind of get the sense that it's a foreign film. One second in the trailer, it's just like an old guy panning for gold. And the next day he's like, or not the next day, but the next scene, he's like murdering Nazis. Yeah, he's like jabbing, so, jabbing them in the head. With I knife. was immediately <laughs> down. I was like, "This is great." And then he has a dog, and I was like, "Perfect, okay." And yeah, that's. I think I sent it to you that day when I was just like, "Look at this trailer." Yeah, and I hadn't heard of it either. I hadn't heard of the director Yamari Hellander. I'm probably butchering that. Um, but yeah, this movie comes from our friends in Finland. It's interesting because before we started recording the podcast. I told you how this film premiered at TIFF, but it premiered back in September 9th of 2022, which oh, I thought was interesting. I was wondering, because if you look it up on IMDb, it has a 2022 date. And I was like, it comes out this year. Yeah. So that makes sense. Legendary Pictures is d- the distributor. Um, and so I think it took them a while to, to get it to the uh, States, but it's really awesome that it's here. It's going to be one of those movies where if you're into violence and killing of bad people, bad guys, you should have a fun time at the theater. As we do with all our reviews, before we get even deeper, we do half non-spoiler and 
half uh, spoiler. So what sound should we do? Because we always do an audio cue to warn you guys if you don't want to get spoiled. So what should we do? Stabbing or like an explosion or something. I'm trying to think of landmines. Yeah, I, that's how I said explosion because I was like, what sound does a landmine make? Right, right. I'll go with that. I'll search okay. for something that's along the lines of like landmine explosion or maybe I'll use that, you know, that default scream that's in every like action movie. The Wilhelm scream. Yep. Do that. Yeah, okay. good idea. That should be public, public domain, domain by, by now, now, right? Yeah, because everyone, everyone uses, uses it. it. So Angie, do you know what Sisu actually means? I know that it's can't be, it's like a word that there's no translation for in English, at least no like direct, direct translation. translation. Mm -hmm. So it really kind of equates to a word that describes a stoic determination, grit, bravery, resilience, and hardiness, which the main character in the movie totally encapsulates as he goes through, on, goes through his journey. The film, again, was directed and written by Hamari Helander, who also wrote and directed Rare Exports, which I know you wanted to see, but didn't get a chance to see. And also Big Game, which I hadn't heard of. And when I looked it up, it's a Samuel L. Jackson movie where he plays the president of the United States and Air Force One crashes. And then there's this, you know, little kid, young man that has a bow and arrow and defends him. And it looks kind of insane, but in the best way. Starring in the lead role is uh, Yorma Tomila. Again, apologize if I am for my far Finnish friends that are listening. I don't mean to butcher, but again, I'm not from Finland. Uh, he plays Atami or the uh, man that you cannot kill, <laughs> essentially. Uh, Axel Haney plays Bruno, one of the Nazis. Jack Doolin plays Wolf, another one of the Nazis. And then uh, there's a crew of women that um, have a really big impact at the at the end of the film. Uh, Mimosa Williamo, who plays Aino, who's one of the leaders of, of that group. People have been relating it to this new series of movies, like revenge movies, kind of like John Wick. Like, how do you feel about that, having seen the series of John Wick movies? It totally makes sense that people would compare the two not just because there's a dog in both of them, <clears throat> but because like you were saying, it is a revenge movie where, you know, our main character is kind of going about his business, doing whatever, living his life. Something happens and then he just kind of turns it all around. And another thing I think that's similar to the John Wick movies is that our main character has a past that makes him so good at killing. And he's kind of, moved on from that and is trying to live his life as normally as he can. But then whatever ends up happening brings him back into this life. So I think it's totally justifiable that people are comparing the two or, you know, relating the two. Yeah. And it's been a trend. Like, even if you think about taken yeah. these types of movies where the main character has this traumatic moment in their past and they're trying to move on with their lives. But then, like you said, something happens and they get sort of pulled back into needing to defend themselves and, you know, defend their honor and defend the people in their past and all that. I think people, it's just relatable, you know, to most people. I think that's why these movies do well. I think Sisu is going to be up there. You know, I think it is kind of a smaller movie. Um, but I think overall, I think it's 
going to be a hit with fans of this kind kind of genre. And I really hope they look into it because from the title, obviously people aren't going to know like what it is. But I think if they see the trailer and see the synopsis of, of you know, this kind of rogue guy that has these particular set of skills and, you know, goes out and, and kills a bunch of Nazis in World War II, um, I think it's set, you know, itself in a, in a good spot for it to do well. I kind of related to like Sergio Leone movies. You know, there's a lot of spaghetti Western in this movie. Even it's broken up in chapters and even the font and the text kind of kind of lend itself to, you know, like the man with no name that Clint Eastwood played, you know, and, and this character, Atami, is kind of a lone wolf with his, you know, his dog. And yes, for pet lovers out there, the dog does not die. Dog lives. The dog lives. And there's a cool commercial that I've only found on YouTube. I can't find it. That totally sets the premise. Someone tweets it out. It's like, I hope the dog lives. And the commercial reassures the person that, trust me, the dog does live. And so... All the dogs in this movie live. Yes. Except for... All two of them. There's one animal. But it's not a dog. And it's sad. I was <laughs> I was sad when it happened. But we'll get to that into the uh, spoiler mm-hmm. part. I think a lot of people that are into rare exports, so like the horror community, is rare exports, if you haven't heard of it, it's by the same director and writer, and it's about a Santa Claus that they find in the Arctic. I haven't seen it yet, but it kind of comes up every year during Christmas on like horror lists. So I think a lot of people that are into rare exports are going to end up watching CISU just because it's the same director and writer and it's the same kind of violence. It does have Western elements to it for sure, especially because there's so many scenes without dialogue in them and just like landscape. There's like a lot of landscape. It was shot all in Finland in kind of the plains of Finland. I really love that part, you know, and at the beginning of the film, I really was hoping like, I hope this is like a trend throughout the movie. I hope it's not like the first 20 minutes are going to be quiet and then it's going to ramp up with dialogue. And there is dialogue, but it's very minimal. And especially with the main character, his like stoic presence makes him even more of a badass because he doesn't really say much until a certain point in the movie. And when he does deliver his line, it's like, Perfect. Kind of like John Wick. Like they were just saying in the most recent John Wick, they're like, he has 400 words in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And so with Sisu, the main character, like you said, doesn't say anything for 90% of the movie. And I think maybe that might put people off. Not the fact that he doesn't say anything, but the fact that there's not a lot of dialogue, especially in the beginning. It takes kind of a while to get going. Right. So I could see that putting like a normal moviegoer off. But I think if you're patient with it, it, it'll definitely pay off. If you're a visual person, and like Angie said, a lot of the beginning of the film is like landscapes of Finland. I think that'll be enough for you to sink your teeth into where you're not searching for, oh, no one's talked in like 25 minutes, you know? Um, as far as I'm concerned, I enjoyed that. And it's different. The thing that I like is that movies are a visual medium. And I know this is going to be a hot take and maybe it's going to piss people off. As far as movies are concerned, sometimes words are overrated because it is such a visual medium and you would think that the visual would carry that, you know, that sometimes we put too much emphasis on words and language where if you just see a shot, that kind of speaks more than any words that you could write down as far as I'm concerned. But again, If it works. If it works, yeah. But 
for this movie, I think it does work because it's also you're setting in World War II. Not a lot besides the battles, not a lot really happened. It's just people kind of wandering around, you know, and, and you have this kind of lone wolf character that doesn't have a lot of people to speak to. So to me, it justified the idea that he doesn't really need to say much. He speaks with his actions and it's done from a place rightfully so, in my opinion, you know. I thought the idea of not a lot of language and it being more of a visual representation really set the tone and I think it fit the the movie really well. Another thing that I really liked about the film was the music. It sort of was a throwback to, again, even like a Ennio Morricone with uh, uh, Sergio Leone films, but also had this like crazy uh, throat singing yeah. at times, which I thought was very kind of tribal and like very spiritual. And I think it fit the theme of the movie really well. And so I thought the music was really well done and, and fit the theme of the movie overall. And I think a lot of the like action sequences, do they have music behind them? I think all of the music was kind of in those scenes where he's like panning for gold or like walking from area to like area, hanging out with his status. dog. Yeah. It's, it's all just like traveling music. Cause I don't think I remember music while he's like killing people. I don't know. I could be remembering. That's that. a good point. I think if there was music, it was more kind of action-y. Because I just remember like sounds, like stabbing, Yeah, shoving, sound effects. Yeah, yeah, cutting. That's a good point. You need to go back and watch it. Yeah. But that is a good point of, of wanting to go back and rewatch it just to see if, if your memory was right. Speaking of the action sequences, what did you think of the... Glorious Carnage? Yeah. I think it was glorious carnage because that was like, that's one of the the taglines. There were a few where there was a good like theater reaction to a few hits where everyone was like, ah, like, oh, and you know, it's just like fun violence. It's not really like, well, I didn't really cringe at any of it. I don't think I wouldn't say it's like extreme. It's warranted. So it's like, <laughs> it's you know, warranted, yeah. it's fine either yeah. way. Well, the introduction to the movie uh, was like, if you want to see like Nazis get punched in the face, then this is like an extreme version of that. Yeah. You know, and like wishful thinking. Um, but yeah, I thought all the kills were like rightfully done and weren't too like crazy. Like they were just crazy enough where you're just like, like you said, oh, yeah. Like, uh. It was like watching like a wrestling match or something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of it is actually, if you watch the Red Band trailer, it's in it. You know, there's a guy getting stabbed like through the skull and, you know, people stepping on landmines and getting, you know, blowed up. I think that was probably one of the funniest bits is, uh, well, I guess we'll talk about it in the spoiler thing. Yeah. Like the beginning of the landmine sequence. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, there's one in the trailer where somebody just kind of blows up, right? Yeah. Right before that, the Nazis are like, how many mines did we set up? Because they're trying to figure out like where they're at. And then the other guy, I think Wolf is like, it's like all of them, all of them. What do you think of how it was shot overall? The cinematography. I really liked it. Well, like I was mentioning earlier, it, there's a lot of sweeping shots of the landscape, which I always appreciate in a movie is when you can show a lot of the landscape and not make it boring, I guess. And I think a lot of the action sequences were shot really well too, because I don't know. A lot of times with action sequences, the camera kind of moves a little bit too much. So you can't really see what's going on. And so I think this one, I, I really like the way that the action sequences were shot. There's like an underwater scene that I thought was really cool. 
I don't know. The shots with the dog were cool. (laughs) (laughs) Would you think that the movie would benefit from like a black and white release? Because the poster is in black and white. Mm, You're right. I think it would benefit. I think so too. I think it'd be really cool in black and white. And also because it, it hides, you know, if you're not into a lot of the gore and the violence, it kind of hides it, but you still get to see it. And, um, and especially because it is world war two, you know, the era, it kind of fits it perfectly and it, it would translate really well. You know, um, it kind of reminds me of how, you know, in kill bill, certain sequences were set in black and white because, the uh, MPA thought it was too violent. And so it was, it had to be put in black and white. So not, and not to say, I feel like this movie is way more violent than Kill Bill ever was. Yeah. Especially that scene that is in black and white. Like even if it wasn't color, it would have been fine. Nowadays people see in color and want their movies in color. It reminds me of when I went to go see the lighthouse in the theater and people walked out because a it was in black and white and B, the aspect ratio was, you know... Square. Square. And people thought there was something literally wrong with the screen. And they complained to the manager of the theater. But on the flip side, we did have the black and white release of Logan and Nightmare Alley. That and was also Parasite. black and white. And Parasite. There's a crowd out there for black and white. And I oh, think yeah. that this for sure would be really cool in black and yeah. white. Yeah, it would be cool later in the year, you know, maybe like in October, if they mm-hmm. did do like a black and white release of if the movie does do well, you know? Um, but yeah, that's, I like that point of, of it being in black and white. Which I'm surprised, speaking of doing well, I know we talked about this after we filmed the pod last time for Evil Dead Rise, but Evil Dead Rise wasn't in Dolby at our local theater, but Sisu is going to be in Dolby. That's which so is wild to me. so weird to me, considering how, how much of a smaller release Sisu is in Evil Dead Rise. And I know we've been talking about the sound in Sisu, which appropriately should be in Dolby. I think it'd be really cool. But for like, compared to Evil Dead Rise, like if you were to pick out of the two, I would pick Evil Dead Rise to put in Dolby. Absolutely. Especially because Evil Dead Rise is Warner Brothers and they're huge, you know, not anything against Lionsgate, but who knows why that happened. Um, so overall, would you recommend this movie and who would you recommend it to and, and what were your final thoughts of Sisu? Overall, I enjoyed it. I don't know that I would recommend it to like everyone. And I think, although I don't know, I think I would recommend it for sure to people who enjoy John Wick and, you know, kind of revenge movies like that. Maybe not to your average kind of horror movie aficionado, just because it is a little slow paced. The violence is kind of, well, like it's there, but I think more so because it's a little bit slow paced, I wouldn't recommend it to everybody because people would probably be like, this is boring. And then it's also kind of not in English a lot of the time, which I don't have a problem with. I think it's dope. I love (laughs) if it's not in English. And then also because there's not a lot of dialogue too. But I think if you're into that kind of like revenge movie, you're into the spaghetti Western type movie, the Tarantino type movies, then I think you'll definitely enjoy it. It is one of those movies where like good and bad are clearly drawn. And so there's no guessing (laughs) as to like why what's happening is happening especially in the times that we live in. And so to me, it's like, just go for it. (laughs) If you hate Nazis, you'll like the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Like if you love revenge movies, um, what was that one with Jodie Foster and Saeed from Lost? The brave one. The brave one. Even if you like those movies where 
you know, it's widows, like, you know, women getting revenge too, because there is an aspect of that uh, later on in the film. Uh, I think you're going to love this movie. And, and again, the, the violence is, it's not like evil dead rise where it's like grotesque. It's just like, Oh, someone gets jabbed and shot and blown up. If you can get over that, I think you'll still enjoy it and root for the main character. And it has a runtime of an hour and a half. So not a huge commitment. If you're like on the fence about it, like it's only an hour and a half. It's like an episode and a half of succession. So (laughs) you'll be fine. (laughs) And we always talk about to you, like whether it's seeing, whether it's worth seeing in the theater and, or at home. And I think it plays well on both. You know, I think seeing in theater is the optimal way to see it, especially if you can watch it in Dolby, really well project, projected and really great sound. But I think even watching it at home, I think it'll still be like a fun time for uh, you and your buds to just watch it for a Friday night and have a few drinks and some good food. Like you said, it's so clear cut, like, you know, what's going on, you know, who's bad, you know, who's good. So even if you're like half paying attention, you're still going to like it because you're probably going to catch the violence and be like, oh, like while you're in the middle of a conversation. Yeah. And you can even leave the room and have a smoke break and come back and just pick up right along and be like, oh, crap, that happened. And, you know, it's not a big sort of brain requirement (laughs) to like see this movie. Um, but. I thought it was fun. I, it's kind of what I expected. And again, if you like, you know, Sergio Leone movies, you know, revenge movies, I think this movie is going to be right up your alley. I think it's spoiler time. Spoiler time. So here we are. We're going to do our audio cue. And here we go. <laughs> Best kill that you can remember. I just really enjoyed the exploding, the landmine explosions after the horse because it's after just funny to like that was fucked up. see someone like walk through and just be like, boink. And like, they just like completely explode. And there's like a foot here and a hand here. So the horse, the horse explodes in a landmine, steps on a landmine. I went to the bathroom when that happened. I missed it. I mean, you could see it coming because there's a moment where the Nazis are on their tank and they could see um, Atami with the horse. And the dog is like, I don't even know where the dog is at this <laughs> point. Um, and they do a close-up of the hooves. And it's like slowly walking. And you know it's going to step on a mine. And basically steps on a mine, gets blown up. And then there's chunks of it like everywhere. But I mean, I guess it was for a good cause because it protected Atami. You know, because he survived because this is like halfway through the movie, roughly. Yeah. When I came back, I, I saw the corpse and you see like its ribs sticking out. And I was like, oh, no, what happened? And then he <laughs> leans his head yeah. on the horse. And, they had and yeah, moment. I remember I sat down and I was like, did the horse explode? <laughs> <laughs> you know what were the grotesque and agonizing scenes to me were the injuries that I figured you Atami would say that. got. And specifically, there's a scene where the Nazis finally find him and they hang him you know and he's like struggling to oh, survive oh i know exactly what you're talking about and he has this like hole in the was it on the side of his body it's his leg or it's his leg yeah that's what it is and then there's like a nail or like a thing that's sticking out it's like of a the, rebar and he uses that to basically balance himself so take stress off his neck that shit was yeah so at first he rough. kind of uses it he tries to get his foot on it 
And then his foot kind of slips and the hole is like maybe on his calf, like under his knee. And as he's like swinging, the rebar catches on the wound. And then like it like slowly just goes. <laughs> and then he's just like, okay. But that crowd reaction, everyone was like, Ugh. everyone was like, ah, isn't there one where he's like stitching himself up or something? Yeah. There's a little like montage sequence where he gets really beat up and he's just like, sewing himself and he's just in agony because he's trying to heal his body which is already messed up from years of you know battling you know nazis and whoever else is he's dealt with you know there's a part in the movie where people think that he's immortal he has a reputation and his name is koshe yeah which means the immortal and once they find out it's him all the nazi soldiers are like oh fuck it's like it's the immortal man that's kind of his backstory once you find out because at first you're introduced to him and he's just like panning for gold and you're like, there's this old guy with his dog. And then you realize that he used to be a soldier and was just like the biggest killer and everyone was afraid of him. He kind of goes rogue and does his own thing and he's a miner. He's mining for gold. And the whole idea is that he finds tons of gold and he just wants to take it to a bank which is like 500 miles away because he's in the middle of nowhere and just, you know, kind of cash in all of that but the nazis get in his way and he's just so determined and there's also the scene where i know the woman that's in the back of the truck with all the other women that the the nazis have essentially kidnapped she says what does she say it's not that he can't die but he refuses to or something like that right yeah that was like a great line she she has well that whole scene is really great where it's kind of like the uh the Nazis think that they've killed him or they think that they've like escaped from him or just gotten rid of him or whatever. And they, two of them kind of go into the truck that they have where they have a bunch of women. There's like six or seven girls in there. And she's kind of like, I don't think you know who you're messing with. And so right. she kind of goes into this whole monologue about how he's going to come and find you. And like, you know, and then she, yeah, she says like, it's not that he can't die. It's that he refuses to. And that's kind of where things go, get even crazier. Like I said, in the pre-spoiler part of the whole movie's, I think broken up into five or six chapters and it's set up where you have like the introduction and then the legend, you know, a Tommy, the whole, his backstory and then let's get the fucking Nazis and, and all this. Oh, yeah. Other I think stuff. one of the chapters is kill them all. Kill That's where everyone all. was just like, Rah, like at yeah. the theater. Some backstory on the director, Halmari Hillander. I hope I'm getting that right. He was originally going to direct a comedic sci-fi film called Jerry and Miss Universe in Canada. When it was postponed due to COVID, uh, he quickly wrote Sisu in 2022 or uh, in the fall of 2021. The budget was around six million bucks to make Sisu, which was dirt cheap in this day and age of making movies. Uh, One of the actors got a wound on his forehead during the fight scene inside the airplane set. Dude, I love that. That was... A really good sequence. Dude, that whole him climbing up the airplane with his pickaxe and just like writing it on the bottom. The only thing I thought of was Tom Cruise would have done it I was just going to say, Tom Cruise. That's very Tom Cruise of you. What did you think of that plane sequence and like ultimately like the climax? I kind of thought it was going to be like a Dr. Strangelove ending because they had like the missile in the thing. And I was like, oh, that thing's going to go down. Like someone's going to ride that thing down. Not how it happened, but it still went down. I thought it was like such a good setting for like a final showdown, especially because 
like you said, you have him climbing up this plane and he's like on the bottom of the plane as it's shooting up. The pilot ends up dying and like the plane is going down and then the plane does go down, but it lands in like a mud swamp. That was so crazy to me. And I like too that because we had been on land for so long. And again, it's a lot of it is him on a horse, him on foot. Nazis on tanks and and finally we get in the air and and it's kind of was just a great change of of pace at that point in the movie. Also that plane felt that scene felt very Indiana Jones to me. Yeah. Not just because there was Nazis, but just because <laughs> like it's like a plane and they're like fighting for control of the plane and the plane's like going down. That also reminded me of not just Doctor Strange Love, but Indiana Jones. Yeah. I love the shot of uh when he's on the bike and then on the, the sidecar. The horse, the dog. The, the dog. <laughs> I miss the horse. The sidecar and the dog is on there. I want to go back to, I know I mentioned this in the spoiler free part, the underwater, just to make sure that I got this right. There's a shot in that where he slits the throat of one of the Nazis and then breathes on, right? That happens. He grabs his oxygen. And then from, he goes like on his, his neck. Yeah. Insane. Isn't that That's crazy? great. I think that might be my favorite kill. I take it back. <laughs> I love in that part of the sequence too, where the Nazis that go or on the little, you know, boat or whatever that you see the bubbles come up and then they turn like red, red. you know, and then you see another one because yeah. the main Nazi sergeant keeps sending, you know, cause he's a coward. Yes. Rather than going after him himself. And you just see like every Nazi that goes out there to get him, like it just ends up dying and all that. Uh, but that cinematography underwater was like really That prime. was really cool. I like that a lot. It looked great. Throughout the movie, we see instances where the Nazis are like hauling a trailer full of women, which like I'm happy that we don't see, but it's heavily implied that they're being raped the whole time. Yeah. Once I saw them, I was like, okay, they're going to be like, I'm waiting for their moment. Like when is their moment going to happen? And especially when you have, um, what's her name? I, Iona? I know. I know. When you have her kind of step up and especially in that first scene where you see them, you have like a light that's like shining directly on her and she's right. like a spotlight. So I was like, okay, well, who's this girl? Like, when is this going to happen? And then you have that moment where she's doing her whole monologue about how you can't kill him and he's immortal and he's going to kill you. I don't know. I felt like I wanted more action out of them because you just get like the climax when it happens is really cool. But I feel like that's it. You just get that shot of them all walking in a row and it's, it's really cool when it happens. But other than that, like you don't see them really torture the one Nazi guy who's been torturing them the whole time because it kind of cuts away. So I feel like I wanted more from their story. I appreciated that they did do the climax scene with them. But I, I felt like I, I wanted more out of them. You wanted that death proof yeah. scene where they're beating the shit out exactly. of Exactly. Like if I could have Kurt a movie Russell. with just them, like that would have been really cool. Yeah, I agree. I wanted more from them and more, again, abusing of the, the Nazi that had been abusing them and, and all of that. That scene though where um, Atami climbs onto where they're being uh, captured and he has all these guns yeah. and he just kind of like gives it that to her. That was a cool scene too. That was a really cool scene. I feel like our theater wasn't really loud when they should have been loud. Like that scene when he hands her the gun, there was like scattered applause. I was like, yeah. And I was like, and then even the climax when you see all of them kind of walking, like there was a little bit, but I don't know. Not as much as y'all let me down. Not as much as like there should have been for mm-hmm. sure. Um, 
getting to the end of the movie, obviously, Atami was a miner, found a bunch of gold. He finally kills every Nazi that he encounters. And he ends up in like downtown, wherever that is in Finland. (laughs) And he goes to a bank and he's all beat up and disheveled and dirty. And he goes up to the counter and everyone's kind of moving out of his way because they're like, oh, this guy's a badass. And what's the line that he uh, says? The one and only line he says in the whole movie is, give me bills and big ones. They're less fucking heavy. And I thought that was super great. Again, going back to the idea that he's immortal, could be immortal. Is this kind of phantom character more than a human? Doesn't say a word, speaks with his actions, and then finally has like the last line of the movie. I thought that was fucking awesome. And it pretty much just ends after that. That's like the last scene in the movie. As we reach the end of our spoiler part of the podcast, any other final thoughts that you have? About Sisu? I really want to see it in black and white now. <laughs> like <laughs> The more you think about the it? The more I think about it, yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be really dope. I also think it would be an excellent double feature with Overlord. Mm, you're right. So another Nazi, Nazi zombie movie, I guess you could say. Yeah. But I think that would be really cool if you yeah. saw them back to back. I think yeah, Overlord I would be cool in black and white too. We recommend this movie. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's killing bad guys in a very uh, grotesque and over-the-top way. And it's, I think, if you're on the right side of history, you're going to enjoy it. Um, If not, I don't know what's wrong with you. It's just fun. And if you're into these types of movies, revenge movies, John Wick, you're going to enjoy it. And that's it. There's no more (laughs) really to think about this movie. It's not that complicated. Um, but yeah, it's, it was a great time and especially with a crowd that's all on the same page. I think you're going to get the reactions that you want. That about wraps up our review of Sisu. Again, we really hope that you guys check the movie out, go to the movies, watch it wherever it's streaming when it does get there. Uh, but we think that you'll have a glorious good time in the uh, killing of evildoers. Coming up next, we don't know what we're doing. Because I don't know. There's nothing. Barbie? I don't know. Super Mario Brothers? No. No. But yeah, if you have any recommendations, please send us a comment. We are streaming everywhere you listen to podcasts. And we also do a video podcast on YouTube where we've done recent reviews of, again of Evil Dead Rise, Renfield. But you go back to uh, Old and Pig and we've done deep dives on Titanic, Almost Famous. And there's just tons of videos that we've done of uh, many movies that we think that you guys will enjoy. Again, any comments, likes, subscriptions really help us out. You can find us on the socials, in, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Just search at ComeMoviePod and you should be able to find us. As well as on TikTok where we do video previews and tease upcoming future podcasts. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Cut! That's a wrap. <laughs>